Said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, today we're going to talk a lot about uh, um, election interference, election interference, and the two standards of gov- uh, of justice that are in play in this 2024 election cycle. And uh, you know, it starts with Hunter Biden. But really, it starts with the Biden crime family and the big guy who's demented and has dementia and who is basically selling out America because of the dirt that they have on the Bidens. It's not just the foreign, it's not just the foreign leaders that have dirt on the Bidens that are causing the Bidens to push it an un-American America last agenda. But they're doing this not just with the Bidens, they're doing this with all the other world leaders that are under the thumb and the control of a Klaus Schwab or a uh, Bill Gates or a uh, Jeffrey Epstein. There's a lot of information floating around with regard to Jeffrey Epstein. If you want to get the Clintons to do something for you, all you got to do is threaten Jeffrey Epstein photographs and boom, it will be done. If you need the support of anything, the Clinton Gateway Initiative or the foundation to exploit children out of Ukraine, somebody needs to step up and do it. Somebody needs to run those kids in the sex trafficking ring. You know, after a while you say, well, you know what? I had enough money. I mean, that's what Sammy DeBull said to John Gotti, right? I'm done. I want to get out now. I want to get out of the mob. Well, you can never get out of the mob. You took a blood oath. There's only so many of you that go around. I mean, the fact is, is that there are very few people in this world that know all these secrets. 
That's why it's always the same. It's always the Bushes or the Obamas or the Clintons. Reagan was an upstart. They tried to kill him 69 days into his uh, presidency. They shot him. He survived. Yeah, his vice president was George Herbert Walker Bush, a CIA spook, you know, which basically works for the State Department that gets us involved in all these endless wars since Vietnam and before that. I mean, there's so many wars that could have been avoided, but there's just too much money to be made in selling missiles. The taxpayers are just loaded. They're going to go ahead and finance all of this stuff. You don't even have a choice. It's in the name of national defense, American patriotism. You know, that's what they sell it as. And all these war heroes talking all these platitudes. Meanwhile, they're stealing from you. And that's exactly what's happening. They got their money right in your pocket. But it's gotten worse, hasn't it? It's gotten worse because it's gotten to be... It's not just linear anymore. It's not just old-fashioned, you know, bombs being made and blown people up in third-world countries. Now we got the whole war moving to your little town in the name of refugees. Why is it every time there's a conflict now, there's a slave labor camp and a refugee... Tell me to wash your dishes, build your deck, build that building down the street, change the linens in the hospitality suites of the of the uh, of the uh, hotels. Work that meat packing plant and that Tyson chicken farm. These refugees are here to work. And if they're not here to work, they're here to offer sexual services. They will be exploited. And they will work long hours. And they will work for little pay, these refugees. And the corporations will keep on financing these wars so long as they get this cheap labor. Because we're in a world of depopulation. So labor is hard to come by. Just look at our own economy. It's struggling. And everybody knows it. I mean, how do you explain away the fact that we have such low unemployment, but yet such hyperinflation? Okay, I can explain that one. The more people make, the more people spend, the more people spend, the more. But there's no productivity. See, in a healthy capitalist environment, the more people are working, the more things are being produced. You get a volume of scale, economy of scale, they call it. And that means that things actually priced to their lowest point because of volume. But what we're seeing in this hyperinflation period is we're seeing a lack of inventory because nobody's producing, but everybody's got money to spend, you see. So that's creating pressure on supply with an overabundance of a commodity called dollars. It's becoming like a rice. It's worthless. And it's weak. 
And so we have a real problem in our hands. The housing market's not moving because people locked in on this 3% and nobody wants to, nobody can afford to get out of their house. But now that the house, housing market is devaluing and people's property values are going under, now they, they actually bought their house for more than it's worth and now they're underwater and now they want to get out. And the biggest problem of all though, again, is like Blackstone, not Blackrock, but Blackstone and a lot of other companies who basically bought up all these properties, like thousands and thousands of communities across the country. They got a portfolio that's worth billions and maybe trillions of dollars. And they control the markets so that even when you buy, you're like a renter because you're renting from them. And the, and, the, and the car market also. So all these people were working and all these people were spending, but yet the foreclosures on houses are going up and the repo man is busier than ever repossessing your, your automobile. And everything is underwater and we're in big trouble financially. It is a fact that credit card debt across the country if you add up all the credit card debt, we've never seen it above a trillion dollars. It's, it's, it's a record, uncharted territory. So we are, we are in for it because what, what has happened is we've printed so much money and we've injected the, the economy with so much cash that it really only amounted to kicking the can down the road. It's sort of like when you don't have a job, but you think you're going to get one. And you're spending money based on borrowed, you know, what you borrowed. And you run out of money and you go to the bank and normally a bank would never give you another loan because you can't really pay it back except for with the borrowed money that you already borrowed. And they give you another huge loan. But one day that, that loan's going to come to bear and you're going to have to pay it or you can't. And I just watched this YouTube the other day about how, what happens when you can't pay it all back? $33 trillion is what our national debt is. $34, 35000000000000 soon. It's $2 trillion every single year almost. Almost $2 trillion in deficit. Which is going to make the debt $35 trillion before you know it. How in the world are we ever going to pay all this back? Do you know that the total number of cash in the, in the country, and I just learned this from that same video, and I'm going to share it with you, 20 trillion. 20 trillion is what, is, is, is all the money that's there. And yet we are 33, 34, 35 trillion in debt. If we gobbled up all the money, it's sort of like if all the billionaires paid 100% tax, it wouldn't even make a dent into the deficit or the debt. And the interest rates are going up and we're, we're really in a bad place. So the job number doesn't mean anything because people are working multiple jobs just to make ends meet. Not only that, but the uh, just because you're making more money today than you were three years ago, doesn't mean that you're making more money. Because if 
real inflation is 100%, which if you look at the price of milk and butter and all these things that we've been talking about, it's obvious that the, the inflation is being exaggerated down downward. It's, it's, they're saying it's lower than it is. The re, you know, when you're paying 550 instead of a buck 50 for gas, and you have to buy an $80,000 electric car before you, you know, as a mandate. Or, you know, these are not sustainable or feasible or, or realistic in any way, shape, or form. When butter goes from something like $7 to $12 for a, you know, four-pack, I mean, I, uh, like a Costco-sized thing. I think, I, I think, you know, Costco with those four big four-packs together is like $17 or something. And uh, it's crazy. It used to be like 12 That's That's more than 3%. So I'm just saying that you're, even though you might make more on the check, you're making less against inflation. There's also this thing I read uh, that we're going to cover today a little bit. Um, Colorado wants to take President Trump off the ballot. You got Letitia James violating the same law that she's accusing Trump of violating, which is uh, misrepresenting the value of your properties. And and then you, you go back and look back at history and how Rod Rosenstein wanted to engage the 25th Amendment. We're learning new secrets about what went on between Andrew McCabe and Rod Rosenstein and how they were trying to get rid of Trump. And you all, the only thing that you can come up with is that Donald Trump was a thorn in the side of globalism. And globalism is actually kind of losing right now. But they're winning one day you wake up and they're winning and another day you wake up and you feel like there's some hope. Because we are in a world war right now and we are going against the globalists and they have control of the politicians that are infiltrating your government. And that infiltration is directly impacting your life. It's like no other world war we've ever been in before. And these other wars are just unnecessary money laundering theft and uh, global economic stimulation to kick the can down the road, which is going to result in more inflation. Because every time we give $100 billion to Ukraine or the Middle East or release $6 billion into the economy in Iran so they could buy more missiles and blow up more Israelis and, and behead um, – Beautiful little girls uh, where the Hamas, this latest story is horrendous, where the Hamas was uh, surrounding this naked Jewish girl that they beheaded. It's just insane. But yeah, you go on the squad. You know, you keep on adoring Hamas. All of our universities, Queers for Palestine. I, I saw this sign, Queers for Palestine. These queers don't even have one clue that Palestine would behead them in two seconds. It's crazy stupid. The morons that are, that are in the streets and getting the voice and being perpetuated and being um, promoted and being accelerated with their message 
from our mainstream media, which is financed by BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and all the globalists, this pure chaos. I mean, I don't even bother watching the mainstream news anymore. I don't even turn it on because every time I turn it on, they're going to be, it's going to be more Middle East propaganda. You don't even know what to believe. It's their war. It's their problem. It's their mess. They should have done something. And at least I'm just going to move on with my life. Um, that's why we don't even talk about the Middle East anymore. We don't even talk about that war. And that's why my numbers are higher right now on my show than ever before. Because people are sick and tired of the BS. And BS, if you know what I mean. Because nobody really knows the answer as to what caused the cause. But we do, we, we, we do know this. It's, 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 it's pol- politics between the left and the right. And whoever gets slaughtered in the process, be damned. It's just, it's just a cost of doing business. It's an ugly world we're living in right now. And someone like Donald Trump, that all he wants to do is suggest that every country look at themselves and put themselves first. And take care of the people first. And once you've taken care of your people, if you have something left over, help your neighboring countries and help make the world a better place. That's all Trump is all about. Secure your borders, strengthen your military, prepare for a rainy day, and try to work out economic solutions that could prevent military conflict down the road. And he was extremely successful despite all the propaganda that the media and all the disinformation that the media has has propagated out there, suggesting that Trump is one second away from starting World War III, he never got us into a conflict. It was Biden that did that. It was Obama that did that. It was Bush that did that, not Trump. Trump's the only one that didn't make the military-industrial complex rich. except for maybe a peacetime buildup of our military and a peacetime buildup of our strategic oil reserves, which were all good things to protect us for a rainy day. Meanwhile, there's no proof. Yeah, I mean, we, know where, we know where Trump got his money. We don't know what the Bidens did for their money, but Hunter Biden got $250,000 loan from Chinese executives during the 2020 election. Later, his lawyers assumed the debt. The, the pothead, the pot-smoking lawyer. So, you know, the thing is, is that you know what they were doing? They were basically taking these loans, and loans are in quotes, so according to the Oversight Committee, in July of 2019, three months after Joe Biden announced he was running for president, Hunter Biden received a $250,000 loan from one of his Chinese business associates. This is the wire that used Joe Biden's Delaware house as the beneficiary address. Well now, we know that neither Hunter Biden nor any of the Biden other Biden paid the loan back. Instead, Democrat donor and Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris acquired Hunter Biden's stake in Bohai Harvest, one of Hunter's China deals, and assumed the debt for Hunter 
It's worth noting that Morris and Hunter first met at Joe Biden's campaign fundraiser in November 2019. Why is a Democrat donor taking on Hunter Biden's China debt? This raises serious ethical questions that the White House must answer. That's not the way you actually make a campaign donation, number one. And number two, that's a way to get your loan off the books and somebody else assumes the debt, but you never pay back these debts because there's been, they were saying that the Burisma payment payouts were, were loans and they were never paid back. So they were just gifts. But the reason why they go in the form of a loan is it skirts around tax. You don't pay taxes on loans. Ah, there it is. Mm, bingo. So that's that's what they were doing, a little fast one. You know, you'll never find out. You'll never get me, is what they were saying. You'll never bust me. You'll never get me, because I'm too smart for the government. But they weren't smart. But that's exactly what they were doing. Hunter Biden's lawyer controls entity. Oh, oh controls entity with 10% stake in Chinese state-backed investment fund. Kevin Morris also controls Hunter Biden's 10% stake in Bohai Harvest. Okay, so, you know, basically, though, that's what was going on. What was going on is that they were taking lo- they were taking money in the form of loans, and that was making it so they didn't have to pay taxes on it. At the same time, they were never paying the loans back. And they were make, holding the money in their LLCs and they were trying to lose the tra- tracing. But at some point, the oversight committee's finding this out and why is our FBI and our Department of Justice not looking into any of this? Hmm, I don't know. And then why are they going crazy trying to get Trump on every technicality and putting gag orders on him so he can't even speak on a campaign trail and then trying to take him off of the ballot in states like Colorado. Give me a break. That's election interference. We're living in a banana republic. And our Democrat friends that vote for this crap ought to be embarrassed. They ought to be embarrassed. But we got more news than just the Biden crime family, which is bad by any other time in in our nation's history. That, you know, that's all that people talked about in the early 70s with the Nixon Watergate, which was perpetuated by the Democrats and exploiting some of the morons that were in the conservative camp like Gordon Liddy or someone like that and just exploiting them and getting them involved and then covering it up and turn coding and setting people up. You know, it was Michael Felt, Deep Throat, that was the real villain in that whole picture because he was the one leaking information from the FBI to Woodward and Bernstein, who turned out to be left-wing lunatic quacks. We thought that there were real journalists at one point. No, they were activists. That whole story wasn't at all what it seemed And the only reason why we know is because we've had 50 years to analyze the situation and a lot has been uncovered. No way do we know that 10 years out 
20 years out, we're still learning stuff about JFK. You know, um, uh, all the different actors and players, like the neighbor um, that uh, was involved in getting Oswald his uh, job. So, yeah, there's just, we're still learning. And, and in every case you turn, it's the CIA that's involved. The CIA. From what I understand, Nixon wanted to learn about the JFK assassination, and that was a bridge too far. And JFK also, and again, the, the Herbert Walker Bush was kind of present in both the JFK assassination, working for the CIA. Then after Herbert Walker Bush became uh, the uh, CIA director, um, and then under Carter, and then uh, was the, he was involved in the CIA operations in covering up the JFK assassination. But then um, Nixon wanted to get the information from the CIA and they, he was refused. And they said it's getting too hot. Wasn't it Trump that asked Zelensky about Ukraine and said, what, what about CrowdStrike? What about the Biden crime family? What about this prosecutor that was going after Burisma? You ought to look into that. And then boom. They impeached him, right? And then Reagan was uninsured, and they decided Herbert Walker Bush, once again, was VP. And 69 days in, the Bushes had actually a meeting, a dinner meeting, Bush's brother, with the Hinckley's. And all of a sudden, Reagan's shot. Now, we live in a very, very corrupt world and I would say that the biggest villains that we've seen since Hitler, and most of these people are related to the Nazi party in one way, shape, or form, are the globalists headed by Klaus Schwab, Larry Fink, basically controlling the government arms, George Soros, and he was involved in Nazi Germany, and in, in, in looting his own people's, his own Jewish people's homes. On behalf of the Nazis. Soros did that. Look it up. So, you know, you got all these connections to the Nazis and you got the Soros money. You got the uh, Klaus Schwab control of the politicians that have penetrated the cabinets. And and then you have all the, the world's biggest super corporate global monopoly on steroids that we've ever seen times a, a million. And that is what is in control of your lives right now. That's why you can't even protest against Target when they do something stupid because they're solvent, because they're going to be rewarded for their uh, DEI gaslighting and disrespect to the American patriots and people that buy from them. The best we can do is try to get off the grid. The best we could do is get off of social media. The best we could do is plant our own garden. The best we could do is try to stay healthy try to keep our job and do not support anything remotely related to globalism. It is the scourge of the earth. So why is it that every time there's a war, immediately, just like when there, every time there's a shooting, 
It's usually by a left-wing lunatic. There's then new gun legislation that's being pushed. Every single time. You can't just have a good old-fashioned shooting and mourn about it and grieve about it. You can't. It's always got to be about the innocent middle-class person that wants to protect their family and how they don't have a right to do that anymore because some left-wing lunatic decided up in Maine to shoot somebody. They're all mentally ill. But forget about the, the failures of, of our psychology and sociology. And forget about how we've demoralized our society and decay. Forget about the video games that have gone off the rails violent. Forget about the gaslighting that Netflix puts out every single time you watch a series or an episode or a movie that there's some sort of a trans person or a gay couple or this or that that's misrepresenting the fact that they're only 4% or less than 1%, depending on which this thing you are. You're less than 1%. And yet somehow in every single family, in every single episode of every single thing you see on Netflix, it's, it's right there in front of your face as if it's the norm. It's not the norm. And it's not, you know, we accept these things. We accept them. We are tolerant people. But it's gone from please accept us to adopt everything that we're saying or doing or you're a racist. It's insane. You can't have it. Anyway, why is it that every single time there's a war, every time there's a shooting, gun legislation. Every time there's a war, there's refugees. Again, it's all about globalist population control and moving populations around. Sort of like, you know, that comedian I played um, where he says, instead of moving food to the desert, why not move the people out of the desert to where the food is? It was a good joke. And there's some truth to it, actually. And I think that might be what the globalists are doing. They want to stack you up in a 15-minute city. And save the environment. They're just using the environment, though, as you know, as, a, as an excuse to control you. That's all it is. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play this little quick Tucker quip about refugees, just to prove my point. Just to make sure that you know that I'm not lying to you. Of all the effects of the current conflict in the Middle East, one we can be certain of at this point is that there are going to be a lot of refugees, hundreds of thousands, possibly millions. Where should they go? That's a real question. So if you were to suggest, well, why doesn't Israel take them in? It's their war. The response you would get would be immediate and it would be aggressive and it would be, of course not, that's insane. These people are dangerous. If they were moved to Israel, it would be destabilizing for that country. And that's probably true. In fact, it's certainly true. But what's interesting is the very same people who would tell you that are now pushing for those refugees to be sent to the West, to English-speaking countries, Scotland, the UK, and yes, the United States. Calls for this are coming from the left, predictably, but also from the so-called right. We should take these refugees. What's going on here? And is anyone pushing back against it? Well, Nigel Farage is. 
Yeah, so he gets into an interview with Nigel Farage. I, I didn't think that interview was all that great, actually, so I'm not even going to bother playing that part. But the point is, is that if it's not good enough for, you know, their own region, like I, I always wondered, why did all these Afghan Afghan refugees come to America and go to Wisconsin or go to Michigan or somewhere like that? Why? Why didn't they go to Uzbekistan? Why didn't they do that? It was just to the north of Afghanistan, Uzbekistan. All kinds of empty desert land. They could just build an infrastructure in a community and set up a new city. They don't want to do that. They want to actually move to your city and run it to the ground. Jeez. Wake up, people. So archives locate 82,000 pages of Joe Biden's pseudonym emails. You know, like where he was like Robert Peterson and some other people. It's crazy. So I wonder what they're going to find on that. And here's sad news. Julie Kelly write, Judge Chuckin's order lifting her temp hold on gag order on Trump, his attorneys and unnamed others, demonstrates how absurd it is. Chuck Chutkin, a radical left-wing lunatic, parses what Trump can and can't say, repeatedly argues against the First Amendment protections, claims her three-page order will survive appeal. If the gag order should apply to all parties, shouldn't it apply to foreseeable witnesses like Attorney General Bill Barr, who trashes Trump every single chance he gets in the public eye? Do his critical comments about Trump pose a grave threat to the integrity of the proceedings or nah? Applies to all parties to a controversy. It's it's so unfair, it's not even funny. So Trump can speak, can't speak, but everybody else can. Does that sound fair to you? He can't defend himself in America. He was a former president of the United States. Did more for our country than all the presidents in the last 50 years combined. The Biden family sure did take out a lot of loans. That's what the Oversight Committee just tweeted. There are actual people now pretending that the FBI wasn't trying to sabotage Trump during the entire presidency. Let's take a listen. President Trump was lashing out before the full interview had even aired, calling Andrew McCabe a disgrace to the FBI and to the country. And now this morning, there is a new call for a congressional investigation into McCabe's stunning claims. Overnight, former acting FBI director Andrew McCabe with that jaw-dropping claim, telling 60 Minutes that in the days after James Comey was fired, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein raised the possibility of invoking the 25th Amendment to remove the president from office. So, you know, think about it. All these different attacks. You can't speak. You, you, we're going to um, indict you for all kinds of things that, that are just completely unfair. Like, you know, you, how dare you declare... Um, Mar-a-Lago worth this much when we say it's only worth $18 million. And of course, they're the ones that are lying about that. I was just at Mar-a-Lago over the weekend. And I got to tell you, it's worth more than $18 million, that's for sure. I mean, he makes $18 million probably in a month on that. So go figure. You see what they are doing here. He's lying through his teeth. Okay, so now they want to take him off the ballot. Let's take a listen to this guy from Colorado. Six Colorado voters. This is Eric Olson, attorney, out in Colorado. 
four Republicans and two independents brought this case to ensure Colorado has a fair election among eligible candidates. Trump incited a violent mob to attack our capital to stop the peaceful <laughs> transfer of power under our Constitution. That mob got within 40 feet of Vice President Pence after they chased him from the Senate floor. None of that's that true. That mob tried to hurt and kill our it's elected leaders. all lies right there. And we are here because Trump claims, <clears throat> after all that, he has the right to be president again. But our Constitution... Our, our Constitution says that people give the politicians the right, not politicians like this guy. Our shared charter of our nation says he cannot do so. And Colorado law says this court must ensure that only eligible candidates appear on our ballots. Six wow, that is scary stuff, right? That there are people walking the earth, scourge of the earth. So the lawsuit he's talking about to keep President Trump off the ballot in Colorado in 2024 was originally filed in early September of this year with the financial backing of, guess who? Guess who? George Soros-funded organization called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. It's called CREW. Meet Melanie Sloan, Miss Sloan, Miss Sloan too, the founding executive director of CREW. Okay, so this woman. In this video, she admits that George Soros funds CREW. Okay, let's take a listen to this now. Who are some of the biggest donors you have, and is there a restriction on how much money they can give you? Um, we don't have any restriction, uh, <clears throat> but I would say our, our biggest donors are, uh, for example, the um, uh, uh, the Open Society Institute is a, a very big donor. The, and whose who's organization is that? Well, it's, an, it's a foundation, but uh, it's well known to be uh, George Soros is the one who funds it. The Wallace Global Fund gives us money. Um, <clears throat> The ARCA Foundation gives us money. Those are some of the big foundations where we... Carnegie Corporation gives us money. You, you do see a thread through the different sides in this where a, a big donor like George Soros will give to an awful lot of progressive organizations. Does, it, does he ever ask for anything directly? No, he, and I have met him, and he's never asked for anything at all. And uh, I meet with the program officer from, uh, from the Open Society Institute, and they're very happy with what we do, and uh, they're very uh, keen on transparency. We're part Wow. <laughs> so George Soros is funding taking President Trump off the ballot Wow, in Colorado, and they're obliging. It's absolutely crazy. Whoever's funding those organizations needs to uh, be investigated. When Kevin McCarthy was speaker, speaker of the House, it took him seven months to pass one single subject bill, spending bill. Under Speaker Johnson, we did it in the first 36 hours. Let's take a listen to Matt Gates. The whole goal is to get to single-subject spending bills because we believe, as conservatives, that's the only way to attack a lobbyist-driven system that mushes these various agencies of government together for one massive up-or-down vote. In the first seven months that Kevin McCarthy was Speaker of the House, you know how many single-subject appropriations bills we passed? One in the first, like, 36 hours of Mike Johnson being speaker, we already passed one. He's going to work us by you hours because he's from Louisiana, and we're probably going to ditch 
the French work week that has governed the Congress. That's something he said, and that was a pretty good line, actually. So let's take a listen to Letitia James. Shortly after being elected in 2019, Letitia James started going on TV to tell people that she was investigating the Trump Foundation. Let's take a listen. What currently are you... suing the foundation about because that 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 lawsuit continued so as you know the attorney general of the state of new york has jurisdiction over all charitable organizations in this state and we have an obligation and a duty to ensure that beneficiaries and donors of certain charities um, are following the law they also uh, at some point paid bought two paintings for i think it was twenty thousand dollars of donald trump uh from some charity uh, from like a charity auction that were then, I guess, hanging in one of his properties. Yeah. And the board of directors consisted of his siblings, his children. They hardly ever met. There yeah, were no rules. 1999 was the last time they actually Exactly. Met. There was no rules. They didn't follow protocol. And they were not a- accountable to anyone. So as a result of that, we decided to investigate. And we are in the midst of... Uh, this- That's because they're private citizens, folks. They're allowed to do that. And then here's another Letitia James uh, hit job. I will not. No, no, this is one where she's in violation of the same crime that she's accusing the Trumps of. But Trumps aren't even in violation of the crime. I will not sit by and allow anyone to subvert the law. However, Letitia knows her theory is flawed because in 2017, Letitia received a $625,000 mortgage on a property that had an assessed value of only $94,000 and a fair market value of $546,000. I will not sit by. So, so there you go, right? I mean, people do this stuff all the time. No one's saying that she should be locked up for it, but certainly... She shouldn't be going for against the former president of the United States. Letitia James is currently dragging the Trump family through court for inflating the market value of their properties over the assessed value. No one really knows what the value of the Trump brand is. And not only that, you heard about the, the disclaimers that were used in the contracts. So I just don't even understand this. Now, I want to switch gears over to the Ukraine for a second. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr. in March of 2022, the Russians signed a peace deal and Zelensky installed initialit. The Russians then started withdrawing their troops. This was in March of 2022. Joe Biden then sent Boris Johnson to Kiev. I've talked about this in the past, but I want to remind you of how senseless this war in Ukraine is. From day one, the Russians signed a peace agreement in March of 2022, which we just found out about, and Zelensky initialed it. And the Russians were actually withdrawing their troops in March of 2022 and April of 2022, and President Biden sent Boris Johnson to Kiev to blow up that agreement. And since then, the Minsk agreement, Minsk too. Ukrainian kids have died, and 50,000 Russian kids. My son, from day one, the Russians. So, you know, they could have gotten out of this war. This this could have easily been avoided. And this is what Trump said. Could have easily been avoided, except for the fact that now it's 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 difficult. Uh, there's a picture, a meme of Dr. Evil uh, from Austin Powers. From now on, money laundering will be called foreign aid. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. So deep state in the Pentagon, overriding the Congress, uh, and the American people in backdoor slush fund going to Ukraine. $200 billion U.S. taxpayer dollars. Not enough? I respond. Okay, so let's take a listen to this. 
This is this is uh, Victoria Newland and Jeffrey Pyatt. Okay, let's take a listen. Questions of credibility are being raised after a private chat between two top U.S. diplomats was leaked online. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yats and Yuk, It's just not going to work. Yeah, no, it, I, think that's, you know? I think that's right. Okay. Good. Well, do you want us to try to set up a call with him? Is the next step? Sullivan's come back to me uh, VFR saying you need Biden, and I said probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the deets to stick. So okay. Biden's willing. So you had this remarkable phone call where you have these two senior officials of the U.S. government apparently talking about a coup or how they were planning to restructure the government of Ukraine. 2016, Jake Sullivan worked for Hillary Clinton and her campaign, and somehow. He has kept the same exact position, hiding in the background this whole time as the great reset agent or tool for Hillary Clinton since Trump broke the algorithm in 2016 with Clinton's loss. Sullivan realized his great reset plan wasn't going to work under Trump. But how did Sullivan remain in the White House for three presidential administrations as a national security director under Obama, Trump, and Biden? Obviously, Sullivan was kept in place to manage the Great Reset. The whole time, he was a deep state swamp creature that needed to be fired years ago. And just revealed in February 2022, Jake Sullivan is listed as a co-conspirator in John Durham's probe of upcoming indictments. And now we're going to let this treasonous traitor who infiltrated the U.S. government continue to manage the Ukraine disaster and send us into war via his Great Reset scam? The answer is no. It's time to drain the swamp. Yeah, I've been talking about Jake Sullivan for years and years. He is a bad actor. So just in Time magazine reports the Ukraine struggles to rally financial support after its failed counteroffensive and amid allegations of widespread corruption, a top Ukrainian presidential advisor warns that people are stealing like there's no tomorrow. When asked about bribes and corruption, 59% of Americans don't want Congress to provide more weapons. This is what the speakership race was all about, right? It was a debacle and a major problem. Ukraine, Ukraine's lost this war is, is really the, the uh, kicker of the whole thing. All right, so I want to switch over to climate. Climate grifter extraordinaire John Kerry announces the need for a warlike effort to shut down the global farming industry. Let's take a listen to this. In his usual lying hysteria, John Kerry, who serves as the first U.S. special presidential envoy for climate, told a series of lies and announced that our government is planning to shut down U.S. agriculture. They call it innovation because they are confident that our pain and desperation will someday give birth to an innovative new solution. Or at least that's their cover story. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today. 
And instead of being on a course to be able to hold the Earth's temperature increase to 1.5 degrees, we're actually on a course to hit around 3 degrees right now. Well, he already knows that that's going to probably happen, that the temperature is going to rise by a half hour. Temperature always leads carbon. So carbon's going to go up a half a percentage point or whatever because temperature's already gone up. Carbon follows temperature. It's not temperature following carbon, which is the whole theory behind climate, the climate scam. They already know that temperature was higher at one point, which is going to cause carbon to rise. Regardless of whether there's a smokestack blowing on Earth or not. And so this is nothing but a scam. And you just can't continue to both warm the planet while also expecting to feed it. Doesn't work. And as is so often the case with respect to the climate crisis, we have to fight on multiple fronts simultaneously. This is the biggest organizational effort that I think we have faced um, certainly since World War II, but perhaps ever. Everything out of his mouth is a lie. The exact opposite of what he says is true. The scientists he is referring to are almost all on the United Nations payroll. The real scientific community of the world realize that the world's climate has changed in extreme erratic ways over the years without human pollution. In one of the most recent studies, our house university researchers found that the Arctic had ice-free summers just 10,000 years ago. And ice core samples show that the Earth is in a cooling period, not a warming one. But these decrepit old gatekeepers want us all dead because the system isn't giving up control. And I think... Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. Um, you know, they keep on attacking people, whether it's climate, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's an endless war, open borders. Every single one of these things inconveniences the middle class taxpayers' lives. Fentanyl flooding through our borders. Every one of these things makes our lives, uh, the quality of our lives, less, not greater. And we're all sacrificing and paying the price, whether it's inflation or you name it, uh, or being threatened and then being told that we can't defend ourselves by taking our ability to defend our families away with the Second Amendment under attack and under siege. So it's, it's constant. It's a constant attack. And these are the people that are supposed to serve you. And you're paying taxes for their salaries. And they're attacking you. Let's take a listen to this. Secondly, Wait. the model... Secondly, the models of agriculture that chemical farming has promoted are monocultures. Monocultures are nutritionally impoverished. The same acre of land using biodiversity, using organic and ecological methods could produce five to ten times more nutrition than a monoculture can. So maximizing the production of commodities for international trade is directly proportionate to the decrease in nutrition availability to local communities, which is why hunger grows. If we, the world has to be fed, it has to be fed by growing food locally, to be used locally as the biggest proportion 
of the food basket. Some elements will be traded internationally, but what is traded internationally should not be staple foods. What is traded internationally should be that extra flavor of spices from India and coffee from Guatemala. That's all right. But to turn the world into a dependency on staples has nothing to do with feeding the world. It has a lot to do with controlling the food supply. The United States evolved a phrase during the Vietnam War. And the war phrase was food as a weapon. The use of food as the ultimate weapon of control. And the tragedy is the growth of agribusiness in the U.S. has gone hand in hand with the U.S. foreign policy. Yeah, you see that? It's connected. Uh, before we head out of Dodge, I want to play this last clip. This is just uh, really unbelievable. Uh, and it's really great. I'm going to end the show with this clip here. This is about to sit well for some people and not sit well for others. I hate Pride Month. And not because I care about who Pride you love. Month. But because I'm sick of the corporate pandering. I'm sick of seeing all-age drag shows where bearded men wrapped in fishnets and BDSM outfits are grinding their man bulges into the faces of children. I'm sick of society pushing children to transition. I am tired of men dressing up as women to victimize other women in sports, public restrooms, locker rooms, and life. We have pride flags painted on our sidewalks. They're flying from our embassies. They're hanging in our schools. And yet a group that claims to be so deeply marginalized has an entire month dedicated to one of the seven deadly sins. And I'm supposed to tolerate it? What once was a call for people to just mind their business and love who they want to love has turned into a campaign to force people, regardless of religious beliefs, to accept a certain way of life that they don't want to accept and a trend to destroy childhood innocence in an attempt to validate sick adults and I want no part of it. The only rainbow I celebrate is God's promise and the only pride I want to have is the pride for my country. This is about to sit well. <laughs> that just that just rings so true, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, that's, the, that's where we are right now. We're in a fight for our lives and we have to be very vigilant about what, they're, what, what, is, what is being launched against us. We have to understand that this is not by accident. This is not organic. This is an attack on everything that you hold dear. And uh, you need to defend it as if you're defending your children, you're defending your spouse. You need to defend it as if you're defending your home and your country and everything that's sovereign and sacred, your God. Everything is under attack right now and you have to you have to you don't want to fight but you have to stand up and fight every single day well that brings us to the end of the scott adams show be sure to check out magapack.org find out how we're advancing america first policies to make america great again make a donation if you can if you'd like to keep the scott adams show commercial free we could easily add a bunch of commercials and that's just takes away from this is the whole feel of this show is is pure dialogue and and facts and truth uh, also use red state over at mypillow.com as your promo code and we'll see you next time on the radio bye bye everybody